You're listening to IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. I'm Tamar Yona, and I am here with my co-host, Matt Zucker, and we will be giving you some more information uh, on the war that's taking place today in Israel. We'll be doing some more war coverage today. We also have uh, quite a few guests that we're going to be having on the show. We're going to be speaking with an Arab who represents a lot of Palestinian uh Arabs, which which they call themselves, and he's going to be giving his view. You may like it, you may not like it, but let but let's hear it. Uh, also, we're going to be having on Alan Silver to give us more updates as well on what's happening around the world uh, as it applies to the war here in Israel, and we'll be speaking. Get this with a resident uh, of the north who fled with his family to safety to, or I should say, to more safety in the center of the country. We'll also be speaking to someone who is up north who is not leaving and he's going to stay there and uh, he'll tell us why. We'll also be speaking with Holocaust survivor Vera Sharav and she's going to come on and she'll have some things to say about this war as well. All this coming up on the show today. And... uh, there will be an interruption sometime during the show because uh, I have uh, one son up north serving and another one is going now down south and he'll be coming in to the studio here to say goodbye to me. Uh, so you'll be hearing that raw, raw, raw on the air. I hope I don't start crying when I say goodbye to him. Uh, I'm trying try to be as professional, but you know, I'm a mom and um, you never know. So uh, Matt Zucker. Mm. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. Yeah, I already got to say goodbye to my my child, so I, I feel your I feel your pain and your pride. So and these are difficult days. Trying to get uh, some current numbers right now. Sorry, I don't have them at hand. I know right now that the 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 death toll from just uh, last uh, well, I guess the original weekend when this started. What are we in day eleven now? Twelve. Yes. Uh, yeah. is over 1,400, and I think they're now saying over 200 hostages in Gaza, and I think 30 of them are American, or at least dual citizens. Um, I don't know if that number's changed. And uh, right now, Israel is in the middle of evacuating, I think it was 30 communities from the south, all around the Gaza envelope in preparation for what's coming down there, and they also began to uh, issue evacuation not orders, but I think requests within two miles of the of the Lebanese border, which is another 28 communities to the north. Yeah, there's uh, 28 communities in the north that have told to evacuate, and then 30 in the south. There are presently at least 70,000 displaced Israelis today that have had to flee their homes, both in the north and the south of the country. Let me read a few headlines here from Arut Sheva. It says here that... Um, the minister here, uh, Gallant, in Israel, says that Hamas members have two options, unconditional surrender or death. That's what he's saying. Uh, let's hope that that's true. Uh, also, um, the Upper Galilee in Israel, it empties, as uh, Matt just said, as tensions with the Hezbollah from southern Lebanon increase. So the Israeli towns near the north, northern border have been largely evacuated as well. 
And uh, get this, everybody. It shows the love between uh, the love and care that Arabs have for each other uh, here and uh, in, in the region, at least. And this is from the Jordanian king. He warns that transferring refugees to Jordan from Gaza is a red line. King Abdullah II says neither Egypt nor Jordan will absorb Gaza refugees. So, uh, you know, Israel is supposed to take better care of its enemies that are firing rockets and are holding, kidnapped its people and mutilated and committed war crimes against it. We're supposed to be better than Jordan, who speaks the same language, who... Uh, uh, has the same religion, or Egypt, who speaks the same lang- language, or has the same religion. These are their people, and they Can don't want Jordan, them. By the way, after 1967, let me just remind everyone that after 1967, Jordan didn't want all those Arab inhabitants of Judea and Samaria who consider themselves basically Palestinian or Jordanian. Jordanian it's really the right. same thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interchangeable. And Jordan didn't want them, too. So, so none of the Arab neighbors who are actually clan brothers of the people who identify as Palestinians here in Israel, but they don't want them. But we're supposed to take care of them. And the reason they don't want them is because they know it's a thorn in their side. It's truly astounding. I mean, even if you think someone's a, stone, a, a thorn in your side, uh, and because these are Arabs anyway, they're not. They're, it's not like they're they're looking to purposely kill Egyptians or or Jordanians, but they are purposely looking to kill Jews. Jews, Jews, Correct. kill the Jews. Okay, so where is their humanity? Where is their care for their own brothers and sisters? I mean, let's let's just know that the 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 Arabs in Gaza were once under Egypt. They were Egyptians. They were under Egypt, and uh, and Egypt doesn't want them. So you can tell what kind of population we're dealing with, and you can tell a little bit about the value system here of of uh, how things work here in the Middle East. Slight understatement. All right. I'm going to try to get our first guest on, and uh, you can uh, be rapturing our guests in in other ways. Yeah, well, I'll just give everybody updates. There were more um, skirmishes on the Lebanese border today, another rocket attack with, uh, I believe this one was a a Cornet uh, missile. Um, Wondering where they get their missiles. Anyway, uh, so there were some casualties on the Israeli side and an attempted border incursion and the IAF has been shelling and um, did I lose you Matt I don't know okay go ahead go ahead you froze for a moment go ahead oh sorry no and I was just saying that the the, the sporadic flare-ups in the north but it's still maintaining uh, hasn't really exploded yet and uh, there's a third carrier fleet on the way here now from the US which is a a big point of discussion here. Apparently, uh, President Joe Biden is supposed to come on uh, Wednesday. What's today? Tuesday? So tomorrow? Wow. Um, and I know that uh, many in Israel are kind of excited about that. And I know many in Israel are sort of nervous about that because the West is already applying pressure on how Israel should conduct itself in the Gaza Strip, which is a great concern personally. And I think that... Uh, just speaking for myself, the United States getting involved is a is a, a potential problem and escalation that nobody here needs because Israel can handle it ourselves. Um, and I continue to be in touch with my friends in America, my Jewish friends in America particularly, who um, reach out and express concern. But um, 
from what I'm seeing here in America, uh, I, I'm in Israel of America. Truthfully, I'd be more concerned to be a Jew there because at least here, there's seven other, seven million other Jews that have my back. Um, things are getting pretty ugly on the street. Things are uh, fortunately here in Israel. The the uh, Israeli Arab population has so far not engaged in any hostilities like they did in the spring of 2021 during um, Operation Guardian of the Walls, which is good. However, there are reports all over Israel of uh, Arab workers and some of them essential Arab workers in the healthcare field um, who are being fired because of their support of their Hamas supporting social media posts. So that's what we're dealing with internally here. Um, it was really over the weekend to see the uh, the Jew-hating Islamo-Nazi rallies. I mean, I saw them in Sydney, London, my hometown of Philadelphia, New York City. Um, uh, I, again, I think it's uh, scarier for people around the rest of the world. It just seems like uh, that anybody who is defending or equivocating in any manner whatsoever with our fight against Hamas is supporting evil i mean i don't know how else to, to say that uh, it's um the it's it's really a, a fight of good and evil of, of of really a biblical nature and anybody who does not see that beheading babies burning human beings alive cutting the babies out of women's wombs and then stabbing the infant chopping limbs off of living people all while recording and live streaming this that there's any any room for equivocation so the morality of the world continues to astound us here in israel not really surprising just uh but it's clarifying so a video of arab children in gaza tormenting their jewish child captive while the Hamas piece of excrement is holding on to the Jewish boy and is crying for Ima, Ima, his mother. You don't see her, so you don't even know if she's alive or not. And all the other little Arab kids who are clearly younger than him, poking him with sticks, calling him filthy Jew, and other names. All right, Matt, we have so our guest is, whenever you're ready. Okay. I think I've had enough of that. All right. I know. I'm sorry. It's, it's, depressing. It's, a, it's depressing. It's uh, depressing. So talk and about I'm this just, whole You know situation. what it is? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I can't take the people talking about um, the proportional responses. I mean, China said we've already crossed all red lines. I'd like to pack up every Chinese worker here because they're all over us with the infrastructure. Pack everybody up and send them back to China. I, I just, I can't stand... They should be these videos that I've seen. The world should be forced to watch. I'm sorry. All right. Well, we're going to hear now from uh, someone who's uh, an Arab. He is the Secretary General of the Jordanian Coalition. You can go to their website at JordanianOppositionCoalition.com. Welcome to the show, Mudar Zakran. Thanks for having me. Go ahead. 
Well, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a very unfortunate situation for the people of Israel and, and a very unfair situation for the average civilians in Gaza. Looking uh, forward to more peaceful times. Until then, we have to describe things as they really are rather than what we want them to be. So where would you like to start? Well, you want, I, I wanted to ask you about uh, what the other side is thinking. You're, you're an Arab. You speak Arabic. You, you, see, you read the Arabic press. Maybe you can give us a, a view of uh, what uh, Arabs in the region are saying. Well, first of all, first of all, uh, we start with the people who matter the most, the Gazan people. I can, with full authoritatively, uh, say that Gazans hate Hamas with a passion. I've read in their comments, and you know Hamas is a government-controlled society, Gaza. Their comments, they're begging for a truce since day one, for a ceasefire. They hate Hamas. There was a video circulating of a man screaming off a roof, rooftop, begging the United States to come and rid Gaza of Hamas. The Gazans have learned their lesson. They've been under Hamas rule for 17 years. They've discovered what Hamas really is, a terror group controlled by outside sources, and on top of it, a very, very vicious group. Now, on the other hand, the other Arabs, particularly the Palestinian Arabs in the the territories, or what you call the Nashtachim, or the West Bank. Uh, they love Hamas because they, they, they watch him, safely watch him from afar. Hamas, you know, is very popular in the West Bank. It's not even funny. They, they would not want to be under Hamas's control, but they are celebrating the fact that Hamas, quote-unquote, gave it to the Israelis and killed Israeli civilians. So there's a question of moral and mindset of my people as the Jordanian Palestinians. I have to question their morale and their moral values in the West Bank. Um, that's that's how it is. Samaria. As far as the Palestinian majority in Jordan, um, the king has pushed very, very hard. This might be surprising to many of you that the king is openly supporting Hamas. The king pushed very hard for mega protests. He even pushed for people to go and protest at the borders with Israel. Only 120 people show up. So, so the majority, people who are under Israel's rule, they think Israel is the enemy. Like, sadly, some, some, only some Arabs in the, in the Israelis, uh, very, very few, thanks God, and the Palestinian Arabs in the, the West Bank, they, because they are not being crushed by Arab governments like Hamas and Jordan, they look forward to being under Hamas, and they love Hamas. The others, they know what the real deal. As far as the rest of the Middle East, I have to question the moral values we have today because I cannot explain or accept that some people were happy over the video of an Israeli woman uh, being dragged by her ponytail by a Hamas terrorist. So it's hard question, and it shows we have a lot of uh, soul-searching and a lot of development to do. Uh, but on the other hand, let's discuss the facts, if you don't mind. Where did this come from? Where did this whole come from? Could anyone explain to me why Hamas, you know, instead of firing the occasional rockets, why Hamas would go Rambo, kidnapping and killing Israeli civilians, and knowing very well that Israel is going to retaliate ruthlessly to what Hamas did? A lot of people can't understand, but let's discuss some facts. 
My question to every one of you, do you know what Hamas is from a legal point of view? The terror group called Hamas is, quote-unquote, Palestine chapter of Jordan's Muslim Brotherhood. I repeat, Palestine's chapter of Jordan's Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim so Brotherhood. Under the Jordanian Muslim Brotherhood control. So who controls the Muslim Brotherhood? I'm not going to give you my own words. I'm going to read to you right in front of me from the King of Jordan statement. This is what he says. He says, interview with The Atlantic Magazine, 2016, April. The Muslim Brotherhood is a part of the system, quote-unquote, the regime. Uh, Bassam Hadadin, Jordan's King, Secretary of uh, Political Reform, a Christian. He said, the Muslim Brotherhood is Red alert sirens. a part of the Hashemite regime. He said in it in Al Jazeera in November 2011. Marwan al-Mu'ashir, former Jordanian ambassador to Israel, he said it right at the meeting, at the ceremony at, with the Muslim Brotherhood. He said, Muslim Brotherhood of Jordan has come from the womb, quote-unquote, the womb of the Hashemite regime. The list goes on and on and on. Hamas is controlled via Jordan's Muslim Brotherhood by Jordan's king. So why would Jordan's king and CC do this? And I'm giving you intelligence. You have the connection as a journalist. You can verify it with the Israeli people who know. This whole plot was carried out by two desperate men, the King of Jordan and President Sisi of Egypt, who, under his own nose, weapons were still being smuggled to Hamas. Before that, he himself stopped smuggling the weapons to Hamas, so therefore he could do it. Right now, he's, where did all those drones came from? They didn't come through Israeli airports. At the same time, look at the demeanor. Jordan's king today said, we're not going to accept any refugees. Okay, on top of it, since day one, he's threatening. He said, oh, what happened in Israel shows that there will never be peace unless Palestinians have their own state with Jerusalem as the capital. Why does he do that? Because he's challenged at home, because people have had enough with him and his wife, because people are chanting against him on the street, and it's come to a point where the country could literally explode. There has been cases where he came close but survived. Right now he's on the verge. So this, and also Sisi, he has presidential elections in, I think, a couple months, and people are already, one, the night before the attacks, there were protests in Cairo against Sisi, and the videos are all over the place. I am accusing both men, and here's the shocker. Here's the shocker. You know who financed all of this? This was financed by an Arab Gulf state, and it's not Qatar. It's not Qatar. Yeah. Are you saying it's the Saudis? No, the Saudis are not stupid. <laughs> the, this okay. young man, the Crown Prince, he wants peace. He's mm. honest about peace. A very, very modern open-minded man. Mudar, I'm going to, Mudar, I'm sorry, I'm going to ask you just to uh, take a one-minute break or so. My son now is leaving for one of the fronts uh, to fight, and uh, I'm just going to uh, do this live on air, and uh, just because I want you all to understand what it is for us Jewish mothers. Come here, my son. I love you. 
you take care of yourself Will and you fight for the Jewish people and for goodness and for freedom and, and for humanity and you come back alive to me, stay safe. safe. You, you stay safe. I love you. Love you too. Be safe and keep in touch with me as much as you can, okay? I love you. I love you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Hard. Can't let him go. It's hard. You know, I can't let him go, but I have to let him go because we have to fight these monsters. We I, have I to fight these monsters. I was talking to my son today. I want, I, I want him home so bad, but I'm so proud of him, and I don't want him. But uh, you know, crimes against humanity. Not, not even it doesn't even matter. Jew. This is first the Saturday people, and then the Sunday people. First the little Satan Israel, and then the big Satan America. This fight that we are doing, that we are sending our sons out. To fight, I want all of you listeners to know that this can end up on your doorstep just as easily. This could happen in France, and it can happen in the UK, and it can happen in the United States, and it can happen in Australia. I want you all to show your support, not just for Israel, but for humanity. So we can get rid of these monsters once and for all. Mudar, I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I feel it's very important that our listeners hear and see and feel the sacrifice that we're doing for all of humanity, not just for our survival here in Israel, but for everyone, because this can happen anywhere in the world. Go ahead. Well, um, all I can do is pray that, you know, I assure you that the same God who protected Prophet David against Goliath is going to definitely protect his son. My gut feeling is going to return home. All of our sons and daughters. No problem. Inshallah. Not, no, you will never shed a tear except that of joy. But that said, um, let, let's, be, let's be clear. There's a major problem with Arab regimes. Hamas would have never survived without the support of several Arab governments who claim to be peaceful. An example is what Hamas leader Khalid Mishal, he said right on TV in Turkey, quote-unquote, and I'm quoting word for word. He said, thanks God we are always cooperating and coordinating with our brothers in the Jordanian government on a daily basis. So the, the, the list goes on and on of their connection to Jordan and uh, the fact that they're very, you know, in cahoots with Jordan King. And now you telling people that terror, Islamist, radical Islamist terrorism and I am a Muslim, a practicing Muslim, you're telling them that Islamist terrorists could be at the doorstep if they break Jerusalem, they're definitely going to go for Paris, London, and Washington. That's true. But there's one big problem, though, the fact that many of the many in the West, in the Western establishment, support the Muslim Brotherhood, support Hamas. Hamas operatives openly, openly move around and identify themselves as Hamas representatives in the UK. And they're, they're often hosted by TVs and, you know, major media, United Kingdom. Uh, Muslim Brotherhood terrorists, when, when Bush was, you know, enacting the Patriot Act after 9-11 and kicking Muslims left and right, gas station workers, students, PhDs, deporting them, he was every Ramadan welcoming the Muslim Brotherhood, as in CARE, the American thing called CARE, the Muslim Brotherhood, welcoming them in the White House. So there is, you can't deny it, there is a very profound acceptance and tolerance of Hamas and the Muslim Brotherhood within the Western establishment. 
Right now, they're claiming they have changed, like Germany, UK, even U.S. But let's see if they put where their money, where the mouse is. Let's see if they shut down Hamas TVs, Hamas terrorists, Hamas connections, Hamas finances. As far as we're concerned, we have proposed, delivered an official proposal today to Hamas to um, basically surrender. The reason is all Hamas major leaders have left Gaza, and they left it months ago, sold the real estate, and the intelligence here, not just thoughts. They, they knew what was going to happen. They sold their top-notch real estate. They even sold some of their cars, the fancy vehicles they drive, and they all left to Qatar and Jordan with their children. And the ones who are left are the field commanders. So you're talking, uh, you know, ranking of uh, lieutenant colonel, generals, some generals of Hamas, terror generals. So those are left, and they can see that Israel is coming for them with no water, no electricity, no supplies. There's no way out. What they were betting on is the issue of the prisoners, the, the Israeli war prisoners, or the kidnappees, that they thought if Israel was able to give concessions of a shalit, Imagine how, many, how much concessions they would give over 120, 150 prisoners, or like people who were kidnapped. But it doesn't seem that Israel is budging, because Israel, you know, with those prisoners, Hamas could negotiate with Israel for the next 50 years. So um, let me just finish on this chapter. And I want you to remember every word. One, there has been a deep state decision in Israel, Washington, and London, all three capitals, to eradicate Islamist terrorism, which has been tolerated for a long time, particularly Muslim Brotherhood, Hezbollah, and the Iranian Revolution Regard. And I'm not picking my words random. Iranian Revolution Regard is different from the rest of Iran, different from other Iranian army factions, but that's not what we hear today. The second thing is they're going to go all the way, all in for Gaza. The war, the eradication, extermination war of terrorists in Gaza is coming. This is what, you, what you're looking at right now. The war has not even begun. Number three, the only option left for Hamas is to surrender on the condition that them and their families, the commanders, will be sent somewhere else, either to Qatar or South Africa. And again, I'm not choosing countries randomly. Now, for the three individuals who were fully involved in this, and I want you to listen very well, because they're intelligence agencies. Listen. What? What happened to him? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, hopefully he'll call back. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't that touch anything. I did not touch anything. I wanted to hear what he had to say. That was a convenient time for his line to be cut. Mm. <laughs> Fascinating. All right. Uh, I'm just going to write him a, a, a quick message. Yeah, I had a question for him. He's asking what happened also. Go ahead, talk. Um, no, I just was it was it was fascinating. I'd like to I'd like to ask him a question that you know his his I'll try to get him back. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you know, it's just his contention that you know most of of Gaza hates Hamas. And to be honest with you, before this I might have tended to agree with that, but this was a game changer. Because for the past year, apparently the Gazans who were in Israel on work permits in southern communities around the envelope were mapping the communities for this raid. 
So what Israeli in the right mind will ever trust anybody out of, uh, out of, out of Gaza? Because the people who were, you know, there were Israelis who volunteer, is, volunteered to go down to the northern Gaza crossing and pick up Gazans who are coming to Israeli hospitals for treatment. And so the Israelis volunteer to take these people to the hospital. They bring them back and they treat them really well. Some of those volunteers were killed in the attack. Uh, no, I, I can't imagine a work permit ever being given out of Gaza. At least I hope so. So, you know, I mean, I'm just wondering how he would square that one. Um, I'd like to think it's true, but I'm not willing to take a chance anymore. Uh, additionally, I'd like to really know um, if, if, he, if he really believes that there are state actors that were behind this and funding it. I mean, well, that's clearly an act of war. And where do we go from there? So I hope we get a chance to get him back. And I'm um, very sorry, but my neighbor's dog is trying to scratch Okay, I have got Mudar back house. on the line. Mudar, are you with us? Sure. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead and repeat what you were saying. I, I was saying, wh where is this going to go? A, this is unlike any other war. This is like Israel's 9-11. And it's an issue that disrupted a lot of other operations in the region, which I cannot disclose. So at the same time, the decision makers, big time deep state in Washington, uh, London and Jerusalem. They have decided to literally exterminate and finish off Islamic terrorism, particularly the Muslim Brotherhood and its offshoots like Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Iranian, Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guards. The war has not begun yet. It will begin in a completely different manner than expected, which, again, I cannot disclose. Why, why can't you disclose it? Because this intel in, I've been entrusted with, and it could only help the enemy. Okay. It, it's, I'm telling Hamas, because they're very good at following Israeli and American media, I'm telling them you will witness the unprecedented method. I'm not talking about small mega weapons. You will be chess played into surrender. I therefore encourage you to accept the proposal we've delivered to you that we could help facilitate your surrender and expulsion into a safe uh, asylum in South Africa or Qatar in exchange of you surrendering. And that's the only option you have at the table because it's not like any other time. Well, wh why? Wh why is that the only option? Sorry. Why is that the only option to surrender? Why don't we just finish off these monsters? Why should we let them have a nice um, life somewhere else the after these war Hamas, crimes that they did? The only option for Hamas. Hamas has two options. The generals who remain, I'm not talking about the work of these soldiers, because those guys are crazy. They want to die for God. I'm talking about the generals who know what's going on. The only option they have is to surrender or die. The other option is to die. Right. I like so the second option. They don't want to die. Trust me. They don't want to die. So that, that being the case, we're still pushing with our proposal, and we're delivering it also to the decision-makers in Washington tonight. That said, um, the, as for the three, or actually four people who plotted this, and I'm talking intel delivered to me by the upper echelon in several countries. The people who plotted this bravado, bloody bravado, where innocent people were killed, butchered, they are 
the king of Jordan and his wife. His wife is the real, true ruler of Jordan. The king is like just a puppet. That woman, as much as you don't know much about her, she's from Tol Karim, in case you didn't know. She's from the mm. West Bank. She's an insane, self-serving anti-Semite. She was the one who convinced President Sisi and convinced a leader of an Arab Gulf state to pull this trick. I have news for them. All of you are going to be gone. All of you are going to lose your positions in the next 12 months. Mark, my, mark your calendars. There's no more nonsense. And let me just say this word to the Israelis. As a Jordanian, as an Arab, as a Muslim, as a Palestinian, I cannot fathom what people who share my own blood have done to those innocent people. What happened, there's no way to justify it. There's no way to accept it. There's no way to talk your way around it. What happened was a massacre, ruthless massacre, and it brought incredibly awful memories to the Jewish people. It, it, it's horrendous. And let's admit it, Jews don't do that to us. Okay, we have yes, uh, we more have red alert sirens coming in. This, sorry, sorry, Mudar. Mudar, I'm sorry, just a moment. We have a red alert sirens now in the north of Israel in Kiryat Shmona and Bet Halel. And we are uh, praying for the peace of uh, and the safety of our citizens and our troops or anyone else that's there, anybody, all the good people who are running for cover now under these red alert sirens in the north of Israel. Of course, we don't want the north to open up another front. It already has, but it could be done massively right now. It's trickles, 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 and uh, but these trickles are deadly, and we're praying for the safety of our people. Go ahead, Mudar. Okay, well, this was very expected by Hezbollah, and uh, let, me, let me share some intel here. Israel will carry out very, very decisive um, surgical strikes on Hezbollah in Lebanon. And those are due to begin sometime around, uh, actually I wouldn't say when, but they're due to begin within days from now. And uh, they've already been planned because the attacks have been nonstop for the past 48 hours, but in a much smaller scale. And so they knew Hezbollah was going to join either way to, to release the stress of Hamas. This is all expected, but let me just tell you, conclude in this note, the Jews have survived worse things. The Jews have survived the Holocaust. The Jews have survived the, you know, enslavement uh, thousands of years ago. And they still, you know, Jewish resolve is un, un, you know, un, un, unmatched by anyone else. Yeah. So I'm not worried for the state of Israel. I just want this horrifying condition for the people in Gaza to end, which Hamas has put them on. And I want the West to stop playing both ends against the middle, because those terrorists would have never survived for that long without Western support, without Western tolerance, and without Arab dictators aiding them, particularly in Jordan and Egypt. Uh, and by the way, uh, speaking of Gazans, there is a whole massacre taking place right now in Gaza in, by Egypt, which is closing the border and denying them entry when, in fact, you know, they are begging to leave just across the border. 
from Hamas nonsense. Right. Thank you so much for having me, and you are all in my prayers. And there will be a time, Tamar, when these will become memories of the past. This was a very painful thing that's helpful. Mudar, Matt has one question before you leave, please. Real real fast question about what your sources say the Hezbollah response will be to Israeli strikes up there. Are they going to unload everything or contain the responses? Okay, I, I couldn't hear you very well. What's my source to what? What do your sources say that Hezbollah's response will be to Israeli attacks on the Lebanese uh, side on Hezbollah targets? Will they commit all of their rockets or will they Mis- uh, rockets. keep it more localized? Okay, first of all, um, the, uh, Hezbollah is sophisticated, and to be honest, they're more sophisticated than Hamas. Uh, two, Hezbollah's response, the purpose is to, to pu- push, Israeli citi- push Israeli citizenry as much as they can on the hope that Israel would stop. Because I read their material, I watch the television, they are convinced that the more they scare the people, the more Israel would give in and give up. Now, I can assure you the Israeli tactic now has changed in the sense, and this is information, the Israelis now have learned that when they target uh, Beirut, the the capital of Lebanon, like they did in 2006, there was a huge pushback by the Lebanese against Hezbollah. So right now, I think that Dahia Jnubi, the southern district of Beirut, where Hezbollah is mostly located, and, you know, they're wealthy, they have and all the Hezbollah operatives. I think if they keep pushing it, uh, uh, they, that area will be turned into a parking lot. Uh, mm-hmm. The bottom line is there was one thing that has changed, that right now the focus is not on operations, the focus is on the leaders. And I can bring the good news to Hamas leaders that they will be targeted abroad and in Israel, both. Same goes for Hezbollah, but on a much different scale. Okay. Mudar Zahran, you say you want peace. We want peace. Halavai, God willing, there should be peace. And uh, and goodness for all Inshallah. of mankind. Thank you for coming Inshallah. on the show. Nobody wants this. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Peace. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, you have a view from an Arab. I just want to make some comments. Um, it was hard for him to, to hear everything that we were saying, but uh, lest you think that all the people in, Ham- in, in Gazastan, in Gaza, are innocent civilians, I want just to put these facts in front of you. Number one, in democratic elections, the Hamas was voted in by 70% of the of the population in Gaza. And uh, we're having more red alert sirens coming in. I want to say that we are live if you're listening on Tuesday at 4.45 p.m. Israel time. Just in case you're listening to the show on a replay and you're thinking red alerts are coming in, this is the time. It is Tuesday, uh, the 17th of October uh, at uh, 4.45 p.m. We wish all of our uh, people safety in Kfar Aza. Where my, uh, where one of my sons was, and uh, had to had to protect and fight. All right. Um, so, you know, tomorrow. I'm sorry. Excuse me. So, in terms of the election, 
in Gaza of the election of Hamas. What was it, 2005, seven, six, seven. Five, yeah, it was after it was after we pulled out of Gaza right, and they did. smelled weakness and it emboldened them even more. And the people voted for Hamas in so, democratic elections. So I came here the summer of 2014. Was it Operation Protective Edge, Sukhetan? And um, because I couldn't watch this unfold from America, I had to just be. I got on a plane. I just came here. Wound up uh, having a meeting with the group I was with, with uh, an Arab activist out of Gaza who could no longer live in Gaza because he was on a Hamas death list. And I asked him why um, Hamas won that election with, what, 70, 75%, whatever percent of the vote, why people around the world should have, you know, isn't this a bed that you made and now you're sleeping in? And the way he explained it to me was that uh, when the Palestinian Authority was running Gaza, everybody knows they're as corrupt as the day is long. They take all the West's money, they build palaces, and they keep their people in like refugee status for political, you know, gain. And everybody knows that. And, and by the way, nothing has changed. They still do that. So Hamas comes in and they build mosques and they do youth programs and and there uh, and hospitals and civic organizations and then they get the kids come. And then if you want some money, you want a job, you want to be on the payroll, you're going to start coming to their mosques and you're going to start going through their programs. And then when they announced elections, all of the Palestinian Authority officials got thrown off the highest roofs in Gaza. Eh, who are you going to vote for? And that's the way it was explained to me. So, you know, it kind of gives you a little bit of compassion for their situation. But in light of the horrors that happened a week and a half ago, there's no compassion. Again, I said uh, workers from Gaza earning a livelihood from Israeli communities around the Gaza envelope, treated like family by the Jews in those communities, were mapping those communities so that these terror monsters, these Nazi bastards could walk around and know where they were and do maximum damage. So this is true, but I want to say something. The whole thing about the, so who do you trust anymore? Maybe it's true. Maybe there are a lot of innocent people there. I don't know. Is there one Jewish person that's worth that risk? Matt, you're talking about terrorists killing terrorists. The Palestinian authority is the PLO. Right. right. So these people are, these people have, that's who their representatives are. That's what they're involved in. They hate Israel. They want to kill Jews. Now, there are some good Arabs in Gaza. There are some. I'm not going to say every single Arab has to be killed. God forbid. Sure. I'm not saying that at all. No, no, no. But the majority of the population there supports terror, and they hate Israel. And in order to prove a point, when our, oh my gosh, when our kidnapped people were taken there, Men, uh, women, children, babies, the civilians there were taunting them. You saw the picture, how even the kids were smacking this little blonde-haired Jewish boy and laughing at him, telling him to say, say, Ima, say, mother, mother, call call for your mother, and smacking him around. This is what we're talking about. This is a population in general that is an enemy of Israel, enemy of the West, and they hate Jews, and they have to go, period. Just like there may have been some nice Germans in Nazi Germany, Germany had to go, period.
period. The Allies had to win. They had to see a, vi- a complete victory with an unconditional surrender. And they had to see the end of the Nazis. That's it. And that is the least that we have to do over there as well. This generation that went in and committed these war crimes, these atrocities against humankind, are the generation that we had mercy for 20 years ago, that we pulled out of Gaza, that we are, are 15 years ago, whatever it is, that we pulled out of Gaza in a unilateral decision. Okay, you guys govern yourself. There's not one Jew. There's not one Jew living in Gaza. Not one. And they still can't stand us. And they still blame us for everything. This is an right. evil but entity entire- that has to go. Now, and as I've said in other programs, you make them leave, period. Go run to Egypt. And if Egypt doesn't open its doors, Egypt is the evil one. That they are not caring about their own uh, humankind that speak their language, that are their uh, religion. We're talking about the same type of people here. And they were under Egypt for years. All right? Can I just they, say, wait, can wait, I just wait, wait, wait. Yes, you can, but just wait one second. They need to go. And then the good ones, the good ones can say, Israel, look, we had to flee because there was war. But you know what? We really want to come home. We are good, peaceful citizens. We never did you any problem. And they can apply, and I've said this before on shows, they can apply on a case-by-case basis to come back. And if they were good, they, were having, they have a clean record, and some of them even helped Israel. A lot of our information comes from uh, Arabs there who hate the Hamas and just want to live nice lives. They helped Israel. These people should be uh, uh, rewarded for that. They should be able to come home and they should even be rewarded. Let them have even a nicer piece of property in Gaza than they had before. Case by case basis, but as an entity, just like the Nazis and German, Germany had to be defeated, the same thing here. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and, and it's important for everybody to realize um, how deep the, the bloodlust is with Hamas. So when Israel evicted every Jew out of Gaza in one of Israel's most painful domestic times. Forcibly removed. The army was sent down to remove every Jew out of Gaza. And, and the Gazans were left with beautiful Jewish communities, with businesses, with greenhouses, growing flowers that had contracts in Europe, and, and they had turnkey operations. It could, it could have been the most beautiful beach resort Europeans would have flocked there. And what did they do? They destroyed the communities because they were built by Jews. They went to the agricultural communities and took up all of the irrigation systems and made rockets out of the irrigation pipes to shoot at the Jews who just gave them everything. Yeah, and indiscriminately, by the way. And in their plans to take over the South in their invasion that they had, uh, on the 7th of October, they had uh, targeted children's houses, t- t- kindergartens, nurseries. This is what they were t- going. They wanted, they wanted blood, and, they, and, and the, the gorier the better, and the more innocent and helpless the better in order to put shock in the world and, and into the Jewish people and try to demoralize us. But this is the viciousness of what we're dealing with. Go ahead. No, I was just, I'm going to get know, our that's, next that's guest. On. It's just it's just the na- it's just the nature of the beast. Everything they everything they do is to destroy Israel. It's still in their charter. And by the way, uh, the Palestinian Authority, the terrorists in suits, their charter still calls for the destruction 
of Israel. So I, you know, I don't know why people still pretend that Israelis included that Mahmoud Abbas is actually uh, Abu Maz and whatever you want to call him is still uh, a partner for peace. The guy's a murderer. Oh, and by the way, Palestinian, he's actually Egyptian. So he's from Egypt. He calls himself a Palestinian. He got his doctorate in Russia on Holocaust denial. And this is who the Europeans and the Americans support. And by the way, uh, when he talked to Anthony Blinken, he condemned the Hamas attack. This is Abu Mazen, uh, Mahmoud Abbas, the president of the Palestinian Authority, dictator, who is now on his like 19th year of his four-year term. As soon as uh, he hung up the phone with Blinken, he retracted that statement. He didn't condemn the violence. It's Israel's fault. So it just, uh, you know, I mean, I kind of like live my life in, in old movie clips. And I'm just thinking of The Godfather when, when uh, Al Pacino says, today we settle all family business. And I think when we're done with Hamas, I think the Palestinian Authority needs to be contended with. Um, we don't, our neighbors are not friendly. And they need to learn that they can't mess with the Jewish people or the God of Abraham is going to squash them. In any event, so the talks continue, and, it's, and the information is very hard to, to know what's accurate in Israel. There's a lot of uh, conflicting reports that come out in short time periods from each other, but there's talk already of uh, allowing some humanitarian relief and possibly turning the water back on in, in the southern Gaza Strip, um, and then there's other government administrations say that they're not doing that. Uh, uh, there have been statements leaked from the United States State Department about um, needing to care for the civilian population in Gaza. Um, personally, I resent that. Um, that's for the Gazans to worry about. That's for Hamas to worry about. That's for Egypt to worry about. It's not for me to worry about. And it's not for Israel to worry about. Are there going to be innocent people that die? Absolutely. Is that Israel's responsibility? No, absolutely not. And don't worry, they're going to start showing a lot of, a lot of carnage because Hamas is very good at, at the, uh, the PR game. Um, they already got caught trying to pass a, a dusty doll off as a, as a dead baby. But... And I don't know if our listeners in the West are aware that there are convoys headed south of Gazans trying to get out of harm's way, but Hamas won't let the civilians through. They want the civilian death toll. They want dead bodies to show the West. Oh, and by the way, Hamas, Hamas raided uh, UNRWA. Of all of their medical supplies. Anyway, I'm sorry. We have uh, Alan Silvers on the line now, tomorrow. Yeah, Alan. Hi, Shalom Aleichem. Good afternoon. Okay, so we have Alan Silver with us. Uh, he's from Alan Silver News. If you're not on his WhatsApp news sites, then you want to join it. And uh, we'll, I don't know, I guess you can contact me, info at israelnewstalkradio.com, or uh, I'll get that, or uh, straight to me, Tamar, T-A-M-A-R, at israelnewstalkradio.com, and we can send out the link. Is there a way you can give it out over the air, Alan, people, how people can join your WhatsApp group? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a link that you have to, to, to click on. 
Okay, just a minute. We're having uh, more red alert sirens coming on. This is in the southern region again, Kisufim, which is in the Gaza, near the near the Gaza Strip inside of Israel. Again, this show is live if you're listening at uh, 4:57 p.m. Israel time on Tuesday, October. 17th. All right, Alan, why don't you give us uh, some of the updates that you have in the news that have been coming in so far? Well, the, the big news uh, just a few moments ago was that uh, we uh, took out uh, number five in the Hamas uh, list. Right. Uh, I don't know if you've been reported it yet. Yeah, no, not we yet, had... but go ahead. I know about it, yeah. Uh, um, as a number five, his name is, uh, what's his name today? I'm on, I'm on Nufal. And he's number five in the Hamas uh, group, a very big, uh, prominent uh, member, and it's a big blow to them. And they, uh, and they, um, they, they definitely were starting to feel the the, the, the losses of their leadership uh, um, disappearing before their eyes. And um, it's uh, also we, we also understand we have also news in uh, on Lebanon border where they uh, just fired rockets at. Uh, as Kiryat Shmone, well, that little group also was taken out by our boys. They identified them, and as after they had fired off their rockets, and two terrorists were killed in that uh, reaction. Uh, um, I, uh, yeah, we're having another red alert siren going off now in Niram, Sterot, and Ivim, and this again in the Gaza envelope area, yeah. uh, where we're praying everyone has gets to safety there. Go ahead. Amen. And uh, so, so, so we are making progress slowly, slowly. The problem is now what, what, what's, what's going forward. Um, they're talking about Biden's visit, the visit tomorrow, delaying the, the, the ground operation. Um, people must understand uh, what's involved in the ground, this ground operation. We have uh, what to consider is the captives. Uh, we've got 199 captives buried somewhere uh, in tunnels or in... Uh, 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 hidden places, and they've been split up uh, into uh, uh, some gr- uh, several groups, and so it can be harder to to to, to free them. So it's the task of, of the uh, Israeli army is now intelligence, intelligence, and intelligence, and they have to um, prepare themselves and know where they're held, who is there, who's running the show there, how many uh, terrorists are involved, uh, what's their time schedule. When do they eat? When do they sleep? Who, who is going to be um, the, the, the how heavily armed they are? There's a lot of another another. Okay, there's more red alert sirens going off now in uh, the south, also in uh, the Gaza Belt region, yeah. and we're praying for everybody to get to safety. Should all should all be safe, everybody. Amen. Amen. Um, and and so um, there's a lot of lot of intelligence needed to to, to, to do this operation. It's more than normal. If an uh, army goes into uh, to capture a place, they have to do intelligence of of, of the the strength of the of the um, of the defensive uh, or the, the the place you're taking uh, when they uh, take over, and uh, the, the the map out the area and to really know what's going on. But here we've got also an added problem. Of, of captives, and so we've got to know how to uh, handle the situation. That's why I think it's taking a bit longer because there's a lot more intelligence needed. It is being gathered. Uh, you know that it's being gathered, and uh, once we've got a full picture of where everybody is, and 
um, whatever, whatever you know, what what who's holding them, where they are being held, and uh, all the details of of the place and and their armaments and everything like that, and uh, if they're uh, being tied to bombs, if they whatever it is, they are. Uh, we have to know all the TV details, um, and. Um, um, so, so it's 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 all a matter of uh, of intelligence, intelligence, intelligence at the moment, and um, at the moment you've got a, the opportunity that everything is in place, that everybody we know everything is where everybody is at the same time, that at a moment uh, of weakness, a moment of something, we'll strike and we'll and we'll try and release them. I have a good feeling that that's going to turn out something similar to Entebbe. Where we will release the 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 the, the, the people, the kidnapped. Yeah. Please God, Mr. Shem, and uh, and uh, we should have only good news on that front as well. Amen, Alan Silver. I want to thank you so much for being with us. You stay safe yourself, and thank you uh, very we should much. only hear good news. And uh, and just keep up the good work because I must still mention to other two people here that the, the war is actually before us. And, and the war, I believe, is going to be harder from Lebanon, where um, um, Hezbollah is going to join the, the fray, probably. And then we're going to have the, the cat among the pigeons, where we really will have to be at our best. We'll have to listen to the rules, listen to the Picard RF to save lives. We'll have, we'll have to do. Uh, uh, we'll have to do what we were told to do, and not be heroes. And I'm um, appealing to everybody to please uh, obey the rules. And um, I think that um, that's where the 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 the, the big crunch is going to come. We're going to have to um, be maybe in bomb shelters for days and maybe even weeks. Um, corona will seem like a, a, a play school uh, during that time, and uh, the lockdowns of of of, uh, of Corona I'm talking about. And so it's not going to be fun, but we're going to have to do it. I know the government has made the decision to get rid of Hamas off the face of it and to get rid of uh, um, Hezbollah also totally out of the region and, if, if possible, also erase them from the earth, that there shouldn't be any more terrorist groups or terrorist parties in the Middle East area. We should be now free of terror. That's how it's going to have to be. That's what we are, we're aiming for now at the moment. Amen. And, we have peace, and, yes. And I just need everybody out there, in, in especially in America and, and Europe and any other place that we are being heard at the moment, we are going to be under tremendous pressure, a propaganda pressure. We're going to be hitting um, uh, Lebanon very hard. Uh, they've All their, their big-range missiles are buried under apartment buildings, under houses, under hospitals, under um, uh, really much civilian targets, and we're going to have to strike them first and clearly. Uh, we will probably give out pamphlets, let's say, 15 minutes to a half an hour, giving them warning to clear the area, and then we will go for it. But if they do not clear the area, and they want to be uh, heroes, they'll die, and then there'll be pictures throughout the world of us killing civilians, so to speak. And so we, we really are before us. We need everybody to be informed of what's going on, and people should know that, uh, that it's, um, not only is the war physical with guns and missiles, but also a propaganda war, which we have to also win, because we can actually can win the battle and lose the war by losing the propaganda war. So everybody should be informed, stay in touch, uh, listen to Tamar, what, what Chester says, or Chester say with the guest, and it should be um, uh, much easier for you to face up to all these 
uh, obstacles that we, uh, we're going to be facing shortly. Thank you, Matt. It should all be good. And, there should uh, be I'll, peace for everyone. Go ahead. Go ahead, and, and, Alan. And Alan, before you go, I'm trying to find confirmation on this, but I, um, I read that uh, Ishmael Hania's son, Hazam, is no longer amongst the living. Oh, he went to so, his 72 virgins. Okay. Uh, yep, yep. So I, I just thought I'd throw that out there, and maybe you can find some confirmation on that, because uh, says, I love uh, your page. I, it keeps you, you, you up says, to date. It's not Hyman, it's Hania's uh, 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 son? It's ha- oh, Hazam. It's Hazam, Ishmael's son. Yes, so both of them have been taken up. That's fantastic. Great, great. Alan Silver, thank thank you you so much. much. You be safe. You too. All the best. Take care, everybody. Thank you. All right. uh, As we're talking about uh, the Red Alert sirens and the attack earlier in the show, and again, we're broadcasting on Tuesday afternoon here in Israel, uh, there was uh, also Red Alert sirens going off in the north. Matt, I'm going to let you take over as I try to get our next guest on, who is from the north, and he uh, fled with his family uh, to the more center of the country, trying to get out of the way of the rockets. As uh, as we know, there are at least 70,000 Israelis who have been forced to flee their homes in the south of the country as well as the north of the country. So we're in a very um, precarious situation. Go ahead, Matt. Um, Thanks, Tamar. I'm just trying to get up on some of the headlines here. So right now it's uh, in Israel. We have um, over 3,400 wounded. Um, I think the the, uh, death toll is 1,400. Um, and there are, there's word that apparently, and again, it's very difficult to get accurate um, news when it moves so fast, but this is out of Arucheva, Israel National News, that um, Biden's uh, visit will be contingent on um, aid to Gaza. So um, let me just say, I hope he doesn't come. And there have been more red alerts. Uh, very difficult time here in Israel, but I will tell you, um, for all listeners around the world who are concerned, you should know that the spirit amongst Israelis is actually high. Uh, everybody's coming together. The 70,000 people evacuating the the north, there are people in my community, the communities adjacent, are opening up extra rooms for people to live in. Um, my neighbor, um, her partner, husband, whatever, was not an Israeli citizen, and um, he had a very close connection to what happened at the concert down uh, near Gaza and uh, lost some friends, and he wound up needing to, to go back home, so his wife left him. These kind people are letting strangers live in their house for the duration of the of the war, and that's what Israelis are doing. They're all pitching in. Um, a volunteer organization that I've been working with delivering supplies to the troops in the north and the south um, yesterday served 1,500 meals to six different bases. And these are just people who are turning their houses into commercial kitchens and making food, um, delivering warm gear to the soldiers up north, uh, clean socks. I I will tell you that my son who has yesterday was invited into someone's house uh, on her community in the northern border and was made homemade schnitzel. He said it wasn't as good as his mother's, so he's a good boy. 
homemade schnitzel, a cold beer, a hot shower. The, and they take it into these people's homes, and he's treated, you know, instead of sleeping in the rain, he was in someone's house being treated like someone's son because she probably had a son someplace else serving that some other citizen was trying to take care of her kid. Um, and Israelis, in time of peace, will want to kill each other. We're at each other's throats. It's very, very stiff-necked people. But uh, when, when it hits the fan, there's, it's the best people in the world. Anyway, tomorrow. Yeah, we have uh, some uh, guests now uh, on the phone. We have with us David and Marcy. I'm not going to give up their last name because they can if they if they prefer to. Uh, and they are residents of the North who a uh, couple of days ago felt the need to relocate their family, their uh, their and their child their children and themselves to the more center part of the country. And uh, David and Marcy, are you with me? David and Marcy, do you hear me? Okay, one more time. David and Marcy, do you hear me? I don't know why I don't hear them. I don't know either. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to get them back on. Go ahead. Okay, now I have to remember where I was. Uh, anyway, so I guess we'll hear from our guests when we get them on about what that's like when you pack up your entire family and now you're living in a stranger's house. And uh, fortunately, a lot of um, what they're, they're called in Israel, Zimmers, little Airbnbs, basically, um, place where you might go and have a bunch of different cottages uh, out of Northern Rocket Range are, are giving their time. Um, Tamar... Tomorrow, my son is calling from up north. I got to take this call. I'm take really the call. sorry, Tamar. Take the call. All right. This is uh, live here in Israel right now. I'm trying to get our guest on back on with us on the, on the uh, radio with us. If you're listening to the show on Tuesday between uh, 4 to... Okay, for some reason, their phone is Lozamin. It's uh, not av- it's, I'm not av- it's not available. So I'll just talk a little bit and... And when Matt gets back, uh, we'll call another resident of the north of Israel who refuses to leave his home, and he's going to tell us why. Um, also, oh, Matt, do we have you back? Matt, we have you yeah, back? Yeah, I'm sorry about okay, that. Okay, I'm going to try to get our guests on again, but, but, so but go if ahead. He calls, if he calls, I'm going to hang up again. <laughs> okay. All right. You do that. And that's just what it's like here, uh, people. You have to know. I mean, my son's in a combat zone, and, and like when your son or daughter who's in the army and in harm's way calls, it doesn't really much matter what you're in the middle of. You're going to, you're going to walk away and take the call. Uh, anyway, so I apologize for that, uh, that uh, abrupt departure. It's really kind of, it's really kind of emotional because every time, you know, especially when you know that your kid is in a place where they're getting rockets and then the phone rings. So, you know, and then um, and the way it works with the army, a lot of times if they're going to uh, wind up going someplace on a mission or whatever, other than just working a checkpoint, they get their, their phones taken. And so what happens is, <clears throat> excuse me, as the parent, you sit at home waiting for that phone call where your kid's going to say, I'm turning in my phone. I love you. I'll call you when I get back. And you just hope it comes back. And that's it. So, anyway, so that's why I, I walked away. 
Yeah, I, I've gotten that phone call before uh, the, an, at a different operation in Gaza when my son was going in there. And uh, you never know if you're going to see him again. You never know. And I know that rockets just fell where he is. So I had to pick up that phone. I apologize. Okay, we Did have we our guest back. Were we able to yeah. get our guest back? David and yeah. Marcy, do you hear me? Hi, I hear you. We're here, yeah. Okay, Sorry so uh, w- tell us where, uh, y- if you feel comfortable, tell us where you're from in the north, and then tell us why you decided to leave. So basically, we, we right now we're, we're living in Ma'alot, Tarshicha, uh, in the north. And that's uh, about eight kilometers from the Lebanese border. And we decided that it was time on Sunday to travel south. So now we're in Hashmonaim. Okay, so you, you're about like five miles, I guess, from the Lebanese border uh, that's in the north of Israel. And it's very easy, of course, for any rockets, mortars. Uh, well, maybe I'm not sure about mortars. I'm not sure about the distance of it. But, uh, but from rocket fire and from, uh, inc- from invasions, from, uh, how, how do you say yeah. Hadira in English? Um, yeah, terrorists and invasions. In- yeah, incur- in- Incursion, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah gra- a ground incursion happened in Malot. Infiltration. Yeah, infiltration. Uh, infiltration, right. ground incursion happened in Malot in 1978. Of course, 74, 19, right. well, something in the 70s. And, of course, that was fresh in our mind as well. So, yeah, there's two possibilities. And we know that Hezbollah has a, a, a rocket capacity well beyond that of Hamas right now. We had no idea. We'd already been through uh, a false flag, if you remember, last week, Tamar. Yes, I right? remember. Yes. Yes, <laughs> and uh, we were told that there were uh, infiltrators in the city of Malo. We were in our mamad with our four children. Mamad is our bomb shelter. We were in our bomb shelter with our four kids, petrified that someone was going to come through the door like they did in the south. We actually were in a situation where we actually barricaded our front door, um, you know, from wall to wall. Um, just because of that, that report, it was absolutely frightening. Uh, so both possibilities, either to live through something that traumatic again, which can actually happen where we actually have uh, terrorists on the ground, you know, breaking into homes, doing what they did down in the south, possibly to us. And, of course, again, we have zero time to get to our bomb shelters up north. We're only five miles, as you said, approximately from the border. So yeah. if they start shooting, we have hey, no time. Um, once you get a siren, it's immediately. We don't have the 15 seconds to run there. It's immediately to get into the bomb shelter. Wow. And we've got four kids, and the false alarm was traumatic enough for them. And as, I just, uh, we didn't want to put them through that. We didn't know how many sirens would be going off. Um, we were thinking that uh, Israel was going to go into Gaza Saturday night, and we were very concerned about Lebanon attacking at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right, another front opening. And uh, so, you know, I just want to say that when I, I, I'm in a WhatsApp group with you, and when I put that announcement out, when that alert came out that the entire north, from Haifa all the way up, to the very yeah. top, and even down, back down again on the eastern South side to to Bet Shean, that and it was like five hundred different uh, uh, areas in Israel that went off red alert. I was shaking. My hand was shaking when I told, uh, went on and, and made the message to the group that all the people should right now say to Helim, say, uh, recite the yeah. Psalms for the protection of our brothers and sisters up there. And, uh, and then afterwards, thank God, it was a false alarm. But yeah, I can, I can understand how that put the fear of God in anybody. It, you know? cer- certainly, and in, 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 as well, we had, we had heard that there was actually infiltration actually happening in Maron, if you recall. So that was, 
that was very, very difficult to hear. We were also getting notifications from the city of Malo to stay in your safe rooms, to stay indoors. There are infiltrators in the city. So it was very frightening at the time. No, but I want to tell you, listeners, of course, this is very difficult. I mean, we're a family. We're staying with uh, acquaintances, friends uh, that we've known for many years. Uh, thankfully, we're out of harm's way now. But, I mean, we're displaced, and it's difficult. And our children are wondering whether we made a mistake. You know, we said nothing's happened uh, down in Gaza. And uh, it's quiet right now, but, you know, still we're out of harm's way. So ultimately we feel happy that we made this decision. Now, How I... old are your children? Yeah. So we have four, we have four kids. Um, some of them are a little older. So we have uh, 19, 17, 14, and 8. And so, you know, you it, know it, but it, quite frankly, tra- trauma, you know, it's, goes all the way up the ladder to people our age as well. So. Uh, I yeah. want to say that yeah. it was my oldest daughter who was affected the most. She couldn't eat for almost 24 hours. She was really just rolled up in a ball, just really, um, really traumatized from this. I live in Partisana, which is, and I'm blessed. I mean, geographically, we're in a relatively safe area. Uh, you know, um, as we like to say, we're, we're north of the south and south of the north. But right. that alert, I can't even imagine what that must have been like for you because we were freaking out here. Freaking yeah, out. Yeah, no, it was like I was literally imagining and, and expecting, you know, paragliders to be showing up any minute. Because, again, I imagine it's only a 10-minute, five, five, six, seven-minute flight to get over to us. So, yeah, it was absolutely frightening. Um, now, you know, it is what it is, but uh, we're hoping for the best, and we're actually not sure what to do now, you know, whether we should just, you know, sort of, like, keep this keep this going and stay with our friends here for, you know, God knows how long, or do we go back? So it's one of those questions. Right. I want to ask you, uh, and I want you to answer in a general way, because maybe you ha- you're in contact with other people also who may have left. Uh, it's very difficult to be living with another family, no matter how good friends you are, even if they're family of yours. But to have two different families in a house, one of them is a guest. You don't have the things that you usually have. You don't even know how you can't even cook your own meal. You have children that you're responsible for. Maybe they're crying. Maybe they're uh, not getting along with the kids uh, that uh, the families, whatever. Just try to give us a, a feel of what it's like to be basically a refugee and you're holed up in someone else's house on, on their goodwill. And again, speak in general terms because I'm sure that the people you're staying with are wonderful people to have invited you to, to come for refuge there. No, I appreciate that. We do feel like as good of friends we have, um, we still feel like displaced refugees. It's unbelievable. I did cook bre- ex- uh, bre- uh, eggs for breakfast today, so there was that. But in general, it's it's been very taxing uh, for all of us, uh, and we have it very comfortable here where we're staying. Uh, it's a, especially hard, again, as a mother, you know, I speak for my kids, but it is very difficult for them. They're away from their friends. They're away from everything they know. Um, in Malo, we were also very involved with helping soldiers. Uh, we were collecting donations, shopping, cooking, doing laundry, you name it, we did it. And uh, I myself did a lot, and so did my 17-year-old daughter, and she's really missing that she's not there right now doing this. And it's not just us who's here. They also have um, a mother who lives in Ashkelon, and she's here too. She's avoiding the South. We're avoiding the North, and she's avoiding the South. Wow. So, yeah, it has, it has not been so simple. Uh, but what we are seeing, and I don't know if this is the right time, but we're seeing so many people here in Israel, as you know, coming together 
the achdut, the togetherness that, that we're seeing, his spectacular, it's, it's only dreamlike that we're seeing this kind of togetherness. Unity. It's a shame that this is what it's taken for us to get together, but we hope to continue to see us only get stronger through these very, very difficult and hard times. I know I'd love to tell a little bit about my group tomorrow. Is that all right? Yes, yeah. I was just going to ask you about that now. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, in, in January 2020, we decided to create the Aliyah Network. Uh, the Aliyah Network is a, is a place for individuals to join, whether you made Aliyah, whether you live in Israel or you live abroad and you're thinking about moving to Israel. We're a support group of like-minded individuals to really give you the kind of support you need. Um, tomorrow, I know you're on the group, and it's been really growing. Uh, I think through these times, it's really starting to take off. We're seeing hundreds of people joining, and uh, you know, we, we, really, we, we hope to see that continue. So Is I that just, a WhatsApp group? Yeah, it's a, a WhatsApp Facebook? group. Yeah. So it's WhatsApp, and we're on Facebook, and please, God, we'll be able to do more and have our own application, et cetera, et cetera, in the future. So uh, what would you say to somebody who, uh, let me play devil's advocate for a moment and say, uh, how, can, you know, how can you ask people to make Aliyah to move to Israel when Israel's in the midst of a war now, and even you felt that you needed to go seek refuge someplace else? Well, we're not asking to make Aliyah. We're not asking people, I'm sorry, to make Aliyah. We are here for them when they're ready or even thinking about it. We have, uh, we're able to answer questions and give them the support. If they're thinking about it and it's on their mind, then they kind of want to make Aliyah, and that's what we're here for. That's, that's true. We've, we've always been an advocate of Israel, advocate of Jews living here. We do believe this ultimately is, our, is a, the, the Jewish home. We do be, believe very strongly in the great future that's ahead of us. Um, but it, it takes somebody to be able to, you know, put it in their own mind to do this. We never push or ever, uh, you know, try to force Ali on anybody. Right. I do want to say that now more than ever, um, I feel like there is no other place for a Jew than our homeland here in Israel. Marcy, I, I understand that you work in real estate. So before you go, would you like to give out your website for anybody who's looking, uh, who's very, very sees the future, knows that the future of the Jewish people is here in Israel, that it's all going to end well. Right now it's a tough period, but we know it's, we're going to win, uh, that they might want to purchase property in Israel? Yes. So um, they can look me up on Facebook. Uh, I have a Facebook page called Israel North Properties. Uh, I'm a realtor in the northern area and uh, Malot and uh, Western Galil. So again, it's Israel North Properties. You can uh, look me up. You find me there. You can find me through the Alia Network. And I think one of the things Marcy is always trying to do is it's uh, it's important to bring more and more Jews up to the north. Um, it just happens to be that there's a lot of Jews that only know about the center. So Marcy is one, if you could say it yourself. Um, I'm very passionate about bringing Jews to the Galil. Um, we are the minority there, and we really uh, need to bring more families, more people, more Jews into the Galil. All right. Well, I, I uh, wish you both and all of you, your entire family and all of the nation of Israel, safety, peace, and uh, just to, uh, to be able to live our lives in joy and how, how mankind should live in, in peace amen. and joy. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, tomorrow. Thank you so much, Matt. Stay safe. Got it. Thank you. Stay safe. Thank you. All right, we're going to have on someone else from the north who's not leaving, but first I'm going to bring on a Holocaust survivor, uh, and I'm going to try to get her on the phone. She has uh, what to say. Matt, you can take over the mic as, as I get her on. So I you know, had an experience today. So uh, my... I was explaining earlier that my neighbor's house is now vacant and we're trying to find a displaced family to, to, to live there. And um, in my building, 
there's a couple right next to me. They just moved here a few months ago from the north. That's where their families are from. And so I, I told them both that uh, there was an empty house next door. If their families who were close to the Lebanese border wanted to relocate before it was filled from someone else, might as well have their family living right next door. And uh, neither, of their, neither of their parents are willing to move. Um, it's their land. They're not giving it up. Uh, it's not to say that they're not afraid. But there's a very uh, hardy breed here in Israel that uh, once the land is yours, you can't give it up. Um, my wife is friends with a woman who has a farm down um, in, way south. Uh, she's basically right near the Egyptian and Gaza border. And she's not leaving her farm. They're going to probably evict her because she has her animals. What are you going to do? It's her land, and she doesn't want to give her land. And she's afraid once you leave that land, you're not getting that land back. Uh, very difficult decisions. I guess, you know, when you have a bunch of kids, it's a little easier to decide whether you need to vacate and go be a refugee someplace in your very own country, which is like, I mean, think about that. So these are the decisions everybody has to has to make. And after what we saw in Gaza 11 days ago, the thought of... Uh, Becoming victim to Hezbollah and being taken away? Horrifying. I can't, you know, the people who are staying up there, um, God bless them. The strongest. Um, my, my neighbors, of course, don't think it's so strong. They wish their families would come down here. But, um, you know, ever since the founding of this country, it's been, you know, the country has been people willing to live on the periphery, on the border, putting it all on the line and, and being with some hostile neighbors. It's, uh, it, it's real pioneer work that, uh, yeah, oh, it's very difficult. Anyway. All right. Uh, we have our next guest joining us now, Vera, uh, Sharev, and she is a Holocaust survivor. She's been uh, very outspoken, especially about never again. Uh, you can go visit her website, by the way, at ahrp.org. She's going to tell you what that stands for. And also never again is now global. Com. We're going to try to put those uh, uh, websites up on our webpage where the show is podcasted. Vera, Shalom. Shalom. That's what we'd like to have, but that's what we don't have right now. Right. Tell us first what uh, AHRP stands for, .org. Yes, it's Alliance for Human Research Protection. Uh, and I formed the organization in 2000 uh, because of lots of unethical medical experiments on people, including children, including disabled, and... Uh, you know, to me, the Nuremberg Code is very, very precious, and it's. I wish more people would know about it because it's a legal document and a moral document, and Israelis in particular could use that for a lot of different things because, you know, informed consent is a rock-bottom uh, right of every human being ever since the Nazi atrocities came out during the doctor's trial at Nuremberg. Now, what's going on now in Israel, you know, is really shaken up a lot of people. And those of us who are survivors, well, yeah, here we go again. It was supposed to be never again, but here we are. I think that the uh, this war, this, this um, well, it, it, I consider it really treason, 
uh, because how is it that the most secure border and area was totally left open as an invitation for Hamas to come and, and slaughter people? Where was, you know, where was the, uh, the officials who were responsible? I really think that, um, you know, like, just like the Nuremberg trials, I think that Netanyahu really should be tried for treason. Well, I, I have no to excuse. Yeah, no I have excuse. to say here that people are asking that same question. They've been asking and asking, and yep. uh, heads. Uh, as I, I, I'm just using it as an expression. Heads are going to roll after this. There are gonna, there are going to be trials, and Netanyahu is going to have to resign at the very least. So, uh, but but right now we're in a war, and we have to take care of that first. We're talking about our survival, and afterwards we we are going to cover that. Believe you me. Okay, go ahead. Well, this is, you know, I mean, this is what brought this whole horror about. And frankly, I think that for, for so many years, you know, we're talking about since 47, uh, you know, the fact that, that Israel and, and uh, Gaza ha- have become, you know, very central in maintaining a, a warlike atmosphere. I mean, you really haven't had peace, real peace at all, because the ones that you have to make peace with are the Arab Palestinians. If all the big powers would get out of the way, the Iran and the United States and Egypt and everybody would stop interfering, you would have reached an agreement long ago. And you, unless you reach an agreement, you're going to have this over and over again. The bloodshed on both sides now is, you know, the world is looking and the world is horrified. I, I have some to s- take the Palestinian side and some take the Jewish side. Yeah, I, I just want to interrupt here for a moment and just say that we're having again now red alert sirens in the uh, south of Israel along the Gaza envelope. They are shooting into Israel indiscriminately, and we're praying for the safety of this all of our about, people there. Yeah, this is about big, big profits from war. That's what this is about. They're using the weapons that have been given to them. And, you know, Israel would be doing the same thing. But the fact that, that all the, the, the defense line was not functional, who disabled it? Who disabled all the technology, the surveillance technology? And who, you know, where was everybody who was supposed to be on watch at the border to make sure that this couldn't happen? Well, I guess, you know, trusting your government when it really is not trustworthy leads to this kind of tragedy. Yeah, you know, you're right. And I have to say that the people of Israel have lost trust in the state and our leadership. Uh, No surprise. And again, I'm saying that we will cover this believe you me, because we want answers. But right now we're in the middle of a war for our survival. And uh, we're going to get through this. And afterwards, as I said, Netanyahu will have to resign. And so will others. And uh, and as Matt was just sending me a note, and I was watching this also in the news yesterday, that the that the head of uh, the Shin Bet, which is like Israel's FBI, also admitted their mistake. Uh, And uh, yeah, Go ahead. I Matt. mean, yes, it's multiple attacks on the people of Israel by their own government. Multiple attacks, and you need to start recognizing. I know that it's extremely hard to believe that those that you trusted, uh, you know, like the health department officials and all of them, they've been lying to you for a very long time. 
Well, you know, I am uh, after this Corona scamdemic as well. And uh, yeah, we have been lied to by our government and the Americans were lied to by their government and the French and the British and the entire world were lied to by their governments. And I think that I'm a religious woman, a religious Jew, and I believe that Hashem, God, is... uh, just like pulling out, you know, picking up the carpet, and we see all the corruption underneath there, and it's all coming well, it's out now. Uncovered. It's all coming That's out right. there. Yeah. But it's only being uncovered for those who were willing to see what's in front of them. That's right. For people will not long, believe what they don't want to believe. People put on blinders didn't want to believe the worst, but it, right. it, that's why it escalated. You're right. You're right. It's too ugly to, to believe it. Who wants exactly. to believe that? Yeah. But, you know, that, that's one of the problems. You really, people need to understand, you know, God de- gives you the choice. You have to make a choice. You can be good, you can be evil. And there are people, there are truly people who are evil. And, you know, people need to understand that there are such people. And, yes, they're willing to put the entire Israeli population, uh, you know, to the slaughterhouse. Yeah, God forbid. Well, I want to thank you so much, Vera. I got to get my next guest on Vera uh, Sharif. Thank you very much. And your website will give out. Let's help for, you know, a resolution. Amen. 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 Peace peace for everybody that wants it. Everybody that wants it. Absolutely. No, it's both sides. Listen, the tragedies, the children on both sides. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone's got to take care of their children. Of the Palestinian children, as I say, they're hitting all over the world. You know what? They're responsible for their children, and we're responsible for ours, and we will mete out justice. And, and it will help their children as well, by the way. Thank you so much, Avira, for okay. coming on. Bye-bye. God bless you. Okay, um, I'm going to get our next guest on. Matt, you can take over. Sure. I knew I remembered that name from the COVID days. So, uh, yeah, she's a interesting, interesting woman. So, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, just getting a... A text. I just have to make sure. I apologize. But uh, so, um, again, as the uh, Western pressure builds here in Israel to try to deal with this in a way that Israel doesn't want to deal with it, and Vera was touching on the government that people don't trust, and it will come as no surprise that the Israelis don't really trust the government. Israelis trust the soldiers. Israelis trust each other. Israelis don't trust the government, so there will most definitely be a reckoning when this is over. There's, uh, I don't even want to say it, uh, plenty of conspiracies floating around that that the the Israeli government had to know this. I'm kind of uncomfortable even thinking about that now while we're fighting the war. As tomorrow we're saying, there will be a full accounting, we hope, when this is done, God willing, soon and uh, victorious. But... It was the most guarded border in the world, and a couple of uh, thousand Hamas terrorists just strolled right across, flew across. Uh, anyway, so tomorrow, apparently, we have a caller on. Yeah, we have a, our, our, our last guest is on, and we have joining us Dan Friedman. He is a resident of Naharia, which is in the north of Israel, along the Mediterranean Sea area. Uh, Dan, are you with us? Yes? Yeah, I am. Okay, Dan, uh, when I uh, spoke to you, you were telling me about all of the... Um, 
work that you're doing on the home front, making food, delivering food to soldiers, running around, doing anything that needs to be done. You are one of the strong volunteers there in the North. And you had said that you are not leaving in this war. It doesn't matter if there's rockets or missiles, etc., on your head. You are staying put. So why don't you tell our guests, uh, our listeners, why? Okay. Well, first, um, I just made bagels and took bagels and cream cheese to the soldiers. Okay. I, I, I happened to do it during the, uh, um, rocket attack, uh, uh, day before yesterday. And, uh, so that was kind of interesting. Well, t- but, tell us about it. Tell our listeners what it was like. Where were you driving? Where were you out with the soldiers when it happened? Just tell us well, the whole thing. I was getting ready to cross highway four from our apartment. And, uh, I was in the middle of the highway four when the sirens went off. And I thought within a split second, I thought, well, I could go left, right, back. It uh, doesn't matter. I'm too far from any kind of safety. So I just continued on. Before I could cross, get the rest of the way across the street, the, ro- the rocket started hitting, and I saw a watch the Iron Dome shoot down two of them. And uh, people were uh, fl- trying to fly out of you know, their cars out of town. Others were running into the bushes or laying down. And I just, uh, I don't know, it was, uh, it was, it was kind of surreal. And then it was over after about, I think there was probably maybe five or six rockets. Uh, only two got shot down. I think the others probably went into fields or something. And and so I went down to the, I continued down to the beach to find soldiers. There was nobody down there but them. And so that was kind of eerie as well, but uh, it was nice. And, um, but, uh, but it was, you know, it's, it's nothing like a rocket being, you know, shot out of the sky overhead over top of you that, to make you kind of, uh, you know, pay attention. But I, I, I just, if it's okay, I wanted to say something about your last guest, about the false flag night, or we call it the night of horror, um, if possible. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, that was, that was so unnerving. Up until that point, I didn't hear anybody really talking about, you know, taking, you know, going evacuating or take, you know, considering going on one of the ships or the planes to get out. And, uh, but that night was so unnerving and it's not the missiles for any, everybody, just like they said, your guest said, it's not the missiles. I mean, if a rocket hits you, you know, good night, Gracie, that's it. Okay. But it's when we, we started getting the, the first alerts, like everybody did all, all across the, uh, the Galil and, down to Bashan and Haifa, you know, hostile aircrafts enter, enter into your area, you know, take cover. And then it was enemy incursions. And then we started seeing, you know, um, up to 20 uh, parachuters coming in. And then we next thing we get this voice over our phone says, um, um, enemy incursion into your town, take cover. And, you know, and that's when it really, for me, that was the closest I came to Japan. And, uh, because it's like they, like you guys said, it's 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 not the rockets. It's that if we saw that, the only thing we could think of was they're going to inflict the same brutality on us as they did in the south. And then people began to kind of talk about leaving after that once that was over. And uh, but for the most part, almost everybody I know here have just refused to leave. They're just not going to do it. They've considered it. We all considered it. But for us, it was, okay, if we leave, okay, we could do that. I mean, we don't, we have, uh, you know, we have, 
young young families that are more like families or or family to us than they are friends, and we've known that for a long time. They've all got little ones, and we so we kind of talked it over among ourselves. It was like, okay, well, if we did go, okay, then okay, fine, then we have to come back. You know, I mean, we haven't been home since we came to Israel, all of us, um, and Ashana, Elisheva, and myself in over ten years, and for us, it's been actually fifteen years. So someone said, well, this could be your time to go and uh, to make it your last shot. And it's like, well, we kind of come to the conclusion, this is our last shot, then it's just, we're going to have to pass. Because of the idea of we have to come home. And if we come home, how do we look our look Israeli native Israelis in the face? And then this is a personal choice. This is no judgment on anyone who did leave. No judgment or consideration, none whatsoever, because everybody has their own decision to make and their and their reasoning and their reasoning is good you know for them but for us it was we got all these kids there's like nine little kids you know and how do we look at them in the face come back and say yeah we stand with you until we don't and so for us we said no we can't leave we have to stay here this is it you know this we chose israel as our home for good or for bad and uh I mean, it's not that it's not scary. We're not particularly brave people, but, uh, you know, it's our home. And, uh, you know, when, like when families, you know, they, they get in arguments, they get mad, they fight, you know, that's Israel. We're a big family and you get, you get all these things, you get all these complaints and these fights and, and it drives you crazy. But then all of a sudden something like this happens and all that's forgotten, all that's thrown out the window and we become, you know, do, are, do you uh one people naria is not a new city uh but i imagine it's uh, a lot of the buildings there still don't have proper bomb shelters probably for the building itself they do but personal ones inside the home i'm imagining not can you tell us what your situation is do you have a bomb shelter in your home or do you have to go to a public bomb shelter in the other no. building uh we don't own our home we rent and we're in a uh older neighborhood that's slated for destruction for, uh, you know, for uh, urban renewal. So all the old, all the buildings are old, and uh, we have a renovated apartment on the bottom floor, and we're about maybe, maybe 300 yards from the bomb shelter, but the bomb shelter is about three times smaller than it should be for the amount of people in this neighborhood. Hmm. So our apartment doesn't lock up particularly very well, I mean, anybody wanted in here, they could get in, you know, in a minute. But we decided that night, we said, okay, every time we went to go outside, there was a new alert. And it was like, holy Moses, you know, enough of this. So we said, okay, let's just turn off the lights, shut the tree seam, shut the, lock the doors, lock the gate as best we can, and just, you know what, leave it in Hashem's hands. And God so hands. we have a stairwell. That's what we will use. Because when the when the bombs are falling, we, like they, they, your guests were saying, we have no warning i mean i didn't make 10 feet between the siren and the bombs going off and uh so for us it's 300 300 or about 100 yards or 300 about 100 yards i guess that's a long way when when bombs are exploding everywhere like they did during pesach so we'll go to the stairwell and and we'll sit in the stairwell the stairwells are all fortified and uh but I mean, it might come eventually that we'll have to evacuate to the center of the country like they did. It may, it very well may come. 
But we're not leaving Israel. We're not leaving Israel. We're not leaving Israel. This is our home. We waited many years to be able to come. You know, we didn't come to our 50s, and, you know, it's kind of a bummer, but uh, made it, it made things a little more difficult. But, you know, that's okay. This is still our home, right? And I have never understood, completely understood when they say, when tragedy happens, the whole country becomes one. Now I do. Mm-hmm. You know, right, left, doesn't matter. We're, we're you know, everyone's together. And uh, all the squabbling has just been forgotten, thrown out the window. Maybe we'll take it up again and maybe when it's over. But, but right now we're all one. We're, um, we're together. And, uh, you know, we'll stand together and fight. We'll do whatever we have to do. You know, and then I just really resent when I see articles and stuff about, well, you know, about Netanyahu and all this, and you've got to resign. It's like, you know, we got lots of time for that. We got we don't have time for this more, any more division. Exactly. You know, That's we, what I'm saying yeah. later. Now's yeah. not the time. Right. Now's now's not, timing not is everything, and now's not the time. Yeah. How, how long have you been in Israel? I've been here 14 years. My sister, Elishab, has been here um, 12. My, uh, my wife, ex-wife, Shauna, she's been here uh, almost 13. Anna, good friend of ours, she's been here, I think, almost 11 now. And, uh, you know, we each have our own opinions, you know, about what to do and struggling. And, and like you say, whatever anyone decides, if they decide to get on the boat or not, or a plane, you know, no judgments, no judgments. Because, you know, we all have to decide for ourselves, you know. And, uh, um, but this is... Uh, I used to, we, when we lived in America, when things would happen here, we would think, you know, we'd be, you know, the outrage, we would go to the Israel rallies, you know, in New York or, um, um, you know, Washington, D.C. But then we come home to our safe house and we'd always look at each other and say, it feels like cheating, you know, and, uh, well, now we're not cheating, so. <laughs> but, Dan, you, know. you stay safe, uh, and uh, whatever you decide, of course, uh, I'm sure that people support you in your decision. But you are a brave Israeli. We don't ask for this. We all want peace. We all want to live together in peace. We're all brothers and sisters, no matter what religion, no matter what culture. We all stem from Noah. Right. And before that, from Adam and Eve. So we're all brothers right. and sisters. And God right. wants us to live in peace. But oh, there are, unfortunately, there are some people who don't want to. And when they go out on rampages, killing Killing, maiming, right. and making war atrocities, right. etc. We got to take care of that to be a just uh, society and a just, just people. Thank you. you know, can, I, can, yeah. I, can I say what, sure. just one last thing? Sure. Until last night, I went to show a little show that I normally do. Synagogue. That is close, right? To a little synagogue, and uh, a guy that works on our calendar weeds and stuff like that. Him and his one of his workers were there, and after Mar, he comes up and then and three or four other men. And they say, uh, and they asked, they said, how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing okay. And they asked about my sister, Elisha. They said, how is she doing? And I said, well, she's, and he says, well, she's scared. And I said, well, yeah. I said, you know, you'd have to be crazy not to be right. And they said, yeah, of course. So I told him, I said, and uh, then one of the guys said, well, you didn't get on the ship. And I said, no, this is our home. We're not going anywhere. So just stop and, for a moment, Dan. Just explain that the, the United States, uh, embassy sent out a letter to citizens here saying anybody who wants to leave Israel that there would be a ship that's going to uh, come up to the northern part of the country 
and pick uh, Cyprus. to yeah to and pick people up and take them out, but you had to register and you had to show, have your proper documents, etc. So that's what uh, Dan right. is talking about. Right. So we uh, um, these guys. So we're, I tell them that, and and it was is interesting because I've been here a long time, but this was the really the very first time um, I felt like an Israeli. Okay, and I felt like like they saw me like. You know, it was one of them, and the emotion on their face was really, really moving. But you know, this is this this thing that we're going through. I think it's going to be remembered through all the Jewish history because Jews. This isn't just affecting us. This is affecting Jews everywhere. I mean, we've got family in in Cleveland and places in transit, and and this is affecting them just about as. I mean, I think in almost every way, this is affecting them as deeply as us. They're rallying, they're praying, they're have you know, they're synagogues, they're raising money they're uh you know they they keep telling me they said they've never seen anything like this and uh this is this is huge this is huge what's happening to us this is a exciting moment for the jewish people and we will you know uh as they say i'm not going to say you know we will win the yachad together together yeah dan you stay strong and you stay safe god bless you you. thank you for coming on bye-bye you know, right. when, when, yeah. Go ahead. when they, when he was talking about like the delivering the packages and the, and, and the wanting to belong and feeling like you're as a real Israeli, you know, I've been here just over three years and I'm getting involved in driving these packages around. And, and so the other day I had to take some food to soldiers. I'm sorry, I didn't have to. I was lucky enough to be able to take this drive down south and the sky lit up in Ashkelon and, uh, it was crazy. And you're in a car. And they tell you when the rockets hit, you're supposed to just pull over and get out of your car, cover your head, find a ditch or something like that. Right. <laughs> I didn't stop. I was just like. Uh, okay, let me tell you just... why it's best to stop. Because yeah. if, God forbid, a rocket hits even near you, it could ju- ju- it's like an earthquake and you could right, lose yeah. control over your car. This is why it's very important for you and also you're higher up when you're sitting in your car rather than lying flat on the ground because remember when uh, a rocket hits and it smashes yeah, it into the up. yeah, it blasts up in like oh. a Y in like the letter Y. Woo! And if you're up there, yeah. you're uh, apt to get more shrapnel. So it's very important yeah. for anybody driving under uh, red alerts to that they should Pull over as fast as possible, as fast as safely possible, and to get out of your car a little bit away from it if possible. Or if, if, if you're lucky enough and you're like in a city and there are, uh, let's say, storefronts or buildings that you can maybe run into or take over from, that would be an option as well. Yeah, Go I was ahead. not in a city. But I was also three minutes from where I was going. Uh-huh. I wasn't stopping. Okay. But you know what? It makes you feel like, and then when the Israelis look at the crazy American who's down here and like, what the hell are you doing here? It, it, um, um, it lifts up the Israelis. Do you know what I'm saying? Strengthens them. Yeah. It's, it strengthens them. It does. It just, you know, I mean, like the fact that, uh, we're all here together and like Dan said, people are like, you're not, not going back to America. I'm like, why would I go back to America? This is my home. Why would I run away? I can't imagine if I were outside of Israel right now and I wasn't here when this was happening, I would be like tearing my hair out. This is the only place I want to be. I tell you, I, 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 people from back in the States reach out to me every day. How are you? And I said, as good as can be expected. And, and thank God I'm better than many, many people in Israel. 
but how are you? Because I could not be watching this from America. It would, I, I, I would, it would, I would have sleepless nights. I would be, you know, here I manage to keep the news off during the day and try to get things done. In America, I'd be, it's way worse from watching this abroad. And I will tell you that to any Jew listening who's paying attention to the world, the West is next. America's next. England, Europe, they're already there. This battle's coming your way. And if I was a Jew in America, I'd be planning my exit route because when push comes to shove, only the Jews are going to have your back. I know you have a lot of Gentile friends and they say they're there for you and I'm sure they think they're there for you, but no one will watch your back like another Jew. That's just the way I feel. And, you know, for me, I just want to be with my people, with my nation. You know, I don't want to be. This is a, we're living history right, right I, now, and I'm I want to be part of the people who fight back. I don't there want. There's no place why, You know, be. someone's got to do it, right? Someone's yeah. got to fight the evil. And if this is where God put me, and if 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 it wasn't where God put me, if I was still in the staff, I would want to come and fight this evil and be part of this holy fight to get rid of this evilness from the earth. It's it just I I can't imagine being anywhere else. Go ahead. I know. I just you no know, exactly. I, I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. It's um, I mean, personally, this is this is like uh, uh, I think biblical. This is one for the history books, and the 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 battle between good and evil has been clearly defined. And it's like, for lack of a better word, it's an honor to be here with my people, to go through this with them. Um, it's a unifying um, experience. You know, we're all one. We're all one people. And to be watching this from abroad would be way, way, way too ba- uh, too painful. And uh, oh, but, and this just in, excuse me for changing the subject, Canadian citizens are now being told to leave Lebanon immediately and commercial flights, while commercial flights are still available. <laughs> That's not good. Well, I guess they're expecting Israel to defend itself. But, you know, somebody wrote something on an email. Uh, his name is Aryeh. And uh, he was saying that, the, you know, the world is dividing up into two groups now. You're either with Israel and God and goodness, or you're against Israel and against God and for this evil. Because anybody who could see what happened the massacres that took place, the kidnapped people, little babies, little kids in their pajamas barefoot are being held kidnapped in Gaza. And who knows what they're, if they're being tortured right now or not. Uh, you, how, how can you take the side of monsters like that who do this to innocent people, who cut babies' heads off, who, who carved a baby out of a, a mother's stomach and, and killed it? I, 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 who goes into people's homes and smokes them out so they'll get out of their bomb shelter so you, th- so you can then slaughter them. You're talking burning about... Burning tires, taking burning tires into the house yeah. so that thick black smoke chokes you out and you can be killed in the front yard. Right, right. It's a, if anybody who takes that side, they're against God. You're against humanity. You're not, you're, you, you've given up your humanity, you know? And so you, you've got to choose sides. So there's no more sitting on the, on, on the fence anymore. And well, can I say historic say battle? About the, yeah, but, go ahead. Yeah, about the, yeah, right. It is a good a battle of good and evil, and it's really that's why I really don't want the United States or anybody else getting involved with our fight. I think the world needs to see when you really wake up the Jewish people what the God of Abraham is going to do to you because He loves us so much He will not tolerate this. 
And I don't want anybody to think we needed the Americans or we needed the UN or we need anybody because we don't because we have Keep the Almighty. Keep them far away. <laughs> Keep the UN far away. Keep uh, President <laughs> Biden and his White House uh, staff far there away. far away. Yeah. Far yeah. away. We need to Let do us this. Do our our job. We need to do this ourselves so that we can bring glory to God's name because Israel defended its and vanquished our enemies. We need to do this because the Americans getting involved will just increase the anti Semitism. It'll be like, oh, the Jewish lobby, right? They're going to, up, up, American blood being spilled for the Jews because of the money thing. It'll make it worse for the Jews in America. There's, I mean, and I know we, we touched on this earlier, and it is certainly in God's hand, and whatever happens for sure will happen for the best. But, uh, I hope God keeps the U.S. out. <laughs> There's a lot of Americans who support Israel. God bless them. We, we thank you for your support. And, and remember, people around the world, those who bless Israel will be blessed. And those who curse Israel will be cursed. That's what it says in the Bible. Take the side of right and righteousness. Take the side of God and, uh, and choose the right side. Please, God. And we should all have peace. I wish everybody peace. Again, we're all brothers and sisters. We should not be fighting. But uh, when you have so, uh, murderers in your in your midst, you've got to take care of it. You, if, you, if you're you kind to, to the cruel, you end up being cruel to the kind. And we saw that. So, so, so much of the, of the seething rage, I know for myself and other people, is because we're now being forced into a violent confrontation. And a lot of people are going to have to die... And you know what? Nobody wants to kill anybody. And so because what we're now being forced to do adds another dimension to the anger of the, the situation. But here we are. Yes. We'll do what we have to do. And I, I want to say this again also. Uh, thank you for all of your emails and all of your messages uh, from all over, different uh, social medias, etc. I appreciate them. I try to read every single email, but I cannot get back to you. I just I would be at the computer all day trying to write, uh, write emails, and I don't like typing things on phones. Too tiny. I'm too old for that. Um, but I, I want you to know that I appreciate your support. So don't think if you, get any, uh, if you send an email and you don't hear from me, don't think that it was ignored. It was noted. I thank you and uh, and uh, and know that I saw it. Uh, most likely, I saw it and I appreciate it. So thank you, everybody. Matt, God bless you. God bless your son. God bless all of and our children. God bless children. you. God bless your kids too. I'm praying for Amen. all of them. I'm praying for all of our kids to come home Amen. quickly, safely, in one piece, nation. physically and mentally. And may we get through this and vanquish our enemies and never have war again. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for goodness to win. Thank you for being with us here at Israel News Talk Radio.